Welcome to Real Estate Hackers, where you'll hear how real estate investors grew something from nothing. Property management is going to become more technical. Our entire business today is based off of a hack. What if you could put $1,000 into an apartment building project on your phone? With YouTube, with podcasts, you can catch up very quickly to a seasoned investor. Now here's your real estate hacker host, Chad Gallagher. Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. This show is brought to you by Slate House Property Management. Slate House manages over 3,500 units across the Mid-Atlantic, including Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Property management is sure not the sexiest industry, but what makes Slighthouse unique is it was founded by investors and engineers. Slighthouse has built or licensed over 12 different technologies to improve returns for investors and make better living experiences for tenants. Full-time maintenance guys help work get done quicker at a reasonable price. Slighthouse manages properties for many of the guests on this show and has helped them scale their business while they focus on acquiring properties. For more information, go to slatehousegroup.com, call 717-413-6976, or email service at slatehousegroup.com. Look forward to talking to you. All right. Welcome back. I am pumped. Got uh, Liz Faircloth from the DeRosa Group in the Lancaster Hive studio today for another episode of the Real Estate Hackers podcast. Liz, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Excited to be here. So this is cool. We uh, had Liz and Matt here today in our Lancaster Hive, uh, spent some time with us and, and thought I'd have her join the podcast too today. And um, what I want to talk about with Liz, so uh, it's kind of how they've, I think their transformation of how they've bought properties echoes a, a, a wide transformation of what we're seeing across the country and kind of where we see the future of real estate investing going. I think it'd be a really interesting topic for today. Yeah, absolutely. So Liz, why don't you start with kind of giving folks a background of, of kind of maybe where you guys started in real estate, um, you know, your first couple of years, how you guys were investing. Sure. So we got our start in a little town outside of Philadelphia called Roxborough, bought a duplex, and we were both in our early 20s, knew nothing, but we took a bunch of courses, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like a lot of people kind of open your eyes to the whole passive income discussion, yep. right? And, um, you know, at the time, my, my husband and I were dating, and instead of like most you know, mid twenties, we weren't going out. We were going out, but we, you know, a lot of our weekends, cause we didn't live very close to each other would be spent going to these workshops and just starting to learn about real estate after reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And we were like, what do we want our lives to be? And we really were very intentional about where we wanted to be in 10 years. We wanted to really be able to contribute and travel and help people. And, you know, you can't always do that if you're working the traditional nine to five, right? So, um, so we wanted that, but we just didn't know how to start. So we ended up going to these, you know, Rhea group meetings. Dig is the name of the Rhea group we went to in Philadelphia. Yep. And over a year, just learned as much as we could and said, okay, we got to finally pull the trigger. Cause you know, that's the hardest thing when you start yeah. is pulling the trigger. Yeah. You're never going to know enough, but you know enough to like, okay, let's mitigate our risk sure. as much as we can. Sure. Bought a duplex, uh, had a mentor at the time, a gentleman who was going to do a lot of the rehab for us. He was a realtor as well. And um, found the property by calling for rent ads of tired landlords. Uh, we got a guy on the phone. A lot of people just hung up on us, but we finally uh, got someone on the phone and said, yeah, I'll talk to you. We're like, whoa, this worked. You know, so met, met him and we bought the duplex from him. Uh, within the first month, a couple of the tenants ended up getting evicted. One of the, we evicted one tenant, the other tenant moved out. So we learned a lot very quickly. 
uh, and then renovated it, had the person mentoring us renovate. Didn't need a ton, uh, which was a good thing. And, then and let me we, just pause really quick. So yeah. these properties are all within, a, what, like a mile or two of where you're living, right? I mean, yeah. So the first one was it was within 15 minutes of where my husband was living at the time. Okay. Yeah. And then we um, we, we then segued, a ten, we didn't held that for about a year, and then we moved to New Jersey. And um, to, did a 1031 exchange into property in New Jersey. Yep. We always had the goal of investing locally, 30, mi- 30 minute radius. So then we said, okay, where are we going to invest now that we're outside of, we're not in Philly anymore. Right. Um, and we, you know, we were in a little town called Bordentown, New Jersey. That's where our, you know, our first home was. We lived there up until a year and a half ago. We were there a long time. And um, Trenton is about 15 minutes from Bordentown. And we also wanted to make a difference. Trenton, like a lot of urban communities, is figuring itself out, still growing, still trying to get that economy going. So we said, what a great opportunity. Properties are cheap and we can afford them and we can hopefully make a difference too. And that's how we got our start in Trenton. That's awesome. So, I mean, is it fair to say, I mean, I I kind of know your history a little bit. The first, I guess, what, maybe five years, maybe even more of investing was all in that kind of, what, 30 mile radius Mm -hmm. of where you guys lived? Probably more. It would have been, you know, um, Savoy was the first time we were outside our 30 minute radius so that was what 2016 so no 11 years yeah yeah so so first yeah, 11 first decade. years basically right so yeah. first decade investing yeah and i would say i Long mean time. Look, and that is the i mean traditionally you know people say things like real estate's local you know invest where you know yep. and so you know you did that the first decade and then kind of talk to me what what led you so you, you mentioned savoy for mm-hmm. those that don't know savoy's a you know, 50 unit apartment complex in central Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So that is a, uh, a good hour and a half drive yep. from where you're living. Yep. Uh, what led you to make that leap of faith to say we could go acquire a property an hour and a half away? So we, you know, some people are like from the mindset, like I'm going to go buy a hundred unit apartment building like today. And, you know, I know nothing. We definitely took the other road of very slowly growing, um, tw- taking a lot of twists and turns. So we bought a, we started to really get focused on, we always bought multifamily, but we had bought an office building. We've gotten, we got involved with land. We got involved with a bunch of things that, you know, were probably out of our focus and that wasn't the best decision, but it is what it is. And then we got back to multifamily. So we bought a 10 unit and then we bought an 18 unit outside of Philadelphia, inside Philadelphia, excuse me, Northeast Philadelphia. And the same broker at the time said, Hey, I have a 49 unit that you know um is is you know the owner's looking to sell so and we had already closed the deal with this commercial broker and that is the most important thing to do when you're working with brokers right now if you go to them and say i got all this money and you know i got they don't care they do not care because money is easy right now in this economy right they just want to know you're actually going to close are you going to close you know do you have what it takes to close i think that's the most important thing they care about so he we had that built that reputation with him we closed the 18 unit we turned the 18 unit around half of it was vacant and he said, I got this deal. And he presented it to us and said, um, the owner wants like 3.9 million. And uh, and we, you know, running numbers, it just didn't work there. We said, no, we could probably offer between 3.2, 3.3. Um, and he's like, I'm not even going to present that to him. It's laughable. It's a joke. And it's, a, it's he'll be offended by that by that offer. So we said, okay. Um, and then long story short, came around, motivated buyer. But the progression was very nerve wracking because at that point, when we were looking at this property in Elizabethtown, we were managing everything ourselves in Trenton and, and, and Northeast Philly. Northeast Philly was only a half hour for, from where we were in Trenton. So 
we're like, our leasing agent is going to not going to be able to get there. Our property manager is not going to get there. So what are we going to do? Um, and so at that point, I went on Bigger Pockets, right? And uh, started to do some research and you and I connected on Bigger Pockets. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, I mean, so now you're investing. I mean, so if, if Bigger Pockets didn't exist, right? Yeah. Uh, we we, a, we met and never met, but, but not only that, but I think, I mean, finding a team in another yeah. area is exponentially harder without a tech community like Bigger Pockets yeah. to offer some referrals for. Yeah. Uh, and also, by the way, what was really cool about this particular area, I'll just say, and this doesn't always happen, but um, our Matt's cousin is a real, was a real estate investor. He was a local investor. He knew this area very well. That also helped big time. Right. And she he's had, part of our team. Right. We don't have cousins everywhere in the country <laughs> that invest in real estate. Yeah, it would right. be awesome if that was the case. Yeah. But that was also something that made us feel very comfortable, especially for making that leap um, yeah, it gives you a little more uh, guidance of someone you can trust to say, yeah, because, you, you know, where Bob was in Elizabethtown, uh, you know, lesser known community, I sure. guess. I also say, too, you, you get to the point where you say, are we going to grow our property management company? Or are we going to, what are we going to focus on? And we right. were at a crossroads. We either could really scale our property management company and do that continually, or are we going to focus on buying and start teaming up with third-party managers. And that was a big decision for us. It was yeah. not an easy one. Because you actually, if I had this right, you actually helped. You were part of the property management in-house department. Absolutely. We wrote manuals and all that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> and, it, it, you know, I think I think some people, basis their goals and their personalities and their skill set, can run a very good property management company. Um, we learned a lot, and there was a lot of things we didn't do right the use of tech. I mean, we, we didn't do any of that. Like we didn't do that very well, I would right, say. Right. Um, but you know, you learn and you start to say, what do we really want to spend our energy doing? And, um, finding really good third party managers like yourself and one or other, two others that we work with in this country, um, is critical because you, you can't be good at all of it and you have to figure out what you're good at yeah. and you have to let go. It's really tough. Yeah. Uh, but you start to do it and you know. So can you just maybe talk the audience through a little bit the difference between so when you owned and managed stuff in your own neighborhood mm -hmm. and now you guys own and essentially are the asset manager, but mm -hmm. but you're not actually the management company for a lot mm -hmm. of stuff that's not in your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Can I explain the difference, maybe the pros and cons of each? Right. So there's there are pros and cons. So when you own and manage everything yourself and you're close to it, the pros obviously you are more hands on. Right, you're going to be walking the properties more. You're going to be looking at everything. You're going to be dealing with everything. Um, it got to the point I know with Matt, he'd be having calls with investors because that's how we've been able to go. Our business is raising private money and bringing partners along with us financially as well. And he'd be having a call with a with a person to you know them saying, "Yeah, I want to invest with you a couple hundred thousand. And then the next call or the next meeting would be someone coming into his office yelling at him about you know something in the apartment, right? And now that person's valid. I don't mean to dismiss that tenant because their their concerns are just as important. But it's tough, right? You're dealing. It was just. I was like, we got to focus on what you're great at and how do we build that team. Right. So it it became very evident, right? Because he's dealing with these two things. But to answer your question, a, a pro is the the ability to be hands on. So he's able to deal with that, or we're able to deal with that. The con is the same that you're 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 at the helm of dealing with those right. issues. Um, when you build a team. And you're not as hands-on. The pro is that very thing, right? So you're able to leverage your time. You're able to do more and expand a little bit more. 
the, the negative is that you're not as hands-on. Yeah. So you're not as close to the issues. That's why having weekly calls, visiting the site often, being very close to your property manager, having some local ownership or local feed on the street is really helpful too. Because your property manager, we love you guys, but you're, you're, you're managing the property. And you're quite honestly, you are a part owner, which is also very helpful. Right. Um, which is also a helpful tip is that when you bring a third-party manager in, it's really helpful if they to say, hey, we have room because we're raising money for the equity side. Do you want to put some money in? Do you want to put some money in? And yeah. when we said it to you, you guys jumped on it. And, right. and that was a good sign versus right. like, no, I have no interest. Right, right, right. You know? And um, so that was a good sign. I always recommend that to folks. But um, yeah, the con is to just be able to, you're not as hands-on. So just keeping an eye on it, managing it. Um, you know, for the properties we have in the Southeast, we do the construction side because we're turning around a lot of units. So we took that in-house. So it's not just asset management, but it's construction management. Um, because we wanted to hold, we wanted to handle that because yeah. there was a lot of it going on and um, we're in stabilization mode. So until we get to stabilize mode, we're turning a lot around and we wanted to be handling those dollars. So I would say that even if you have a third party manager is a helpful thing to do. And, and how we've been able to do that is we have um, somebody who lives up in the Northeast helping us with that and uh, two people and then they go down and visit it and we go down quite a bit and visit these properties. Yeah, I love how, uh, I mean, you've, you've, you've just completely gotten rid of any kind of like geographic boundaries by using systems and using a combination of basically a local team, but then allowing some of your folks to be remote and, mm -hmm. and your asset managers oftentimes to be remote and to just use a phone call and reporting to be able to manage that. Uh, we've talked to other folks who have similar philosophies. Is it fair to say, I mean, at this point, I think, and I think just from talking to Matt and yourself, I think you guys are almost, I mean, I don't even know if you're targeting Trenton anymore. You're now, you're really, you've really opened up to yeah. probably most of the country. Yeah. I mean, and we've, um, it's always helpful to like stay focused on, on some geographic areas that you can move faster on, right? Because if you don't know the area, you know real estate, but you don't know the area, it's going to take you longer to run the numbers, do the market analysis. Is there job growth going on here? Are people moving in and moving right. out? Because that takes you a little longer. You got the, your competitors who have got already it. made that offer. So, so I, know, I know you guys have a base so. in now, what, Kentucky, North mm -hmm. Carolina, obviously Pennsylvania. So is the idea to basically kind of double down on some of those areas yeah. and, and yeah. try to find we love, more yeah, stuff? Yeah, absolutely. New Jersey is not a target area for us in terms of buying right now. Yeah. We are, and we're also selling some of our stuff. You know, the yeah. stuff that does it make sense? That we're in that mode of okay, what do we want to hold long term? Right. And and uh, not all assets are created equal. And uh, and then we do have you know our office building in Trenton that we're refinancing. We're putting solar on. We're investing in. We're renovating a four thousand square foot property on that same block right now. We're right. starting that project. So we're active in Trenton. We just um, are being strategic with what we do, and we're saying let's just focus on doing some strategic um, work here. Um, what are the assets we may want to let go of just because of our goals and yeah. future? And then where do we want to grow? Yeah, you it's know? just amazing how much has changed. I mean, when I look at that trigger point of just you guys being in Trenton, your business, I mean, I think, you know what, you guys had a, a great business, but I mean, it's probably gone four to five X the size yeah. in, in really three years, four yeah. years. Mm -hmm. And the real trigger point was not having to be hands-on management you know, in that 20 mile radius, when you open up all of a sudden, you know, yeah. it just opens up a ton of opportunity. Absolutely. And it's scary. It's very, uh, and it's, you have to look at, continue to look at yourself in the mirror. Like, what am I good at? What do I, where are the gaps in my team and how do I mitigate those gaps and how do we put the right people in the right seat? Um, and, and we have those conversations all the time and we're continually having those conversations.
Can you talk me a little bit through, one thing I really like about you guys is, um, I mean, you guys really look at investing as a family decision. I know um, I've talked to Matt before, and I, I, talk, I probably talked to him more than I talked to you, but there are times when I'll ask him something and he'll say, I need to go talk to Liz about that. Mm. Um, and I love that. Uh, I find that to be honestly a little unique about you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say like most investors we talk to, there's one person right. who's kind of calling the shots. And maybe they have a business partner. Sure. Um, but not often do I see like a family dynamic where mm-hmm. both people are making decisions on investments. Um, kind of just talk me through that a little bit for you guys. Yeah. I mean, we and we got started together, right? So sometimes if one partner gets started and then the other partner comes along, you know, you know, they might be more of like a, I take the lead here and, you know, I'll just trust you wherever you want to go. Right. Um, I do. Matt is more of the operator of our company. And, and we are very clear on that because I went in, we worked full time together. I went part time. I was doing my corporate work. Right. So my tenure in our company, I've always been involved. Have I been as involved as Matt? No. So, right. you know, so by just me going head to head with him on real estate knowledge, he's going to know more than me. Right. right, right, right. Just just basis of that reason. I mean, I'm totally smarter than him, but, uh, <laughs> but no, but so in a lot of ways, way, I definitely agree. Uh, <laughs> I trust him in a lot of ways. However, what we haven't done the best at over the years, especially early on was we got diluted too quickly. So we made some decisions on investments that were not the right ones probably. And because of that, we have a, you know, we've grown in the sense that we have to really think through every kind of turn. And that's probably what has caused some of that too, because we haven't always made the right decisions. We right. haven't always made the right call on pivots. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, I mean, there's just so much value to having someone else to bounce things off of that hopefully just decreases some of those mistakes. We had bit. tons of conversations about you guys in yeah. Slate House and just, you know, and, and, you know, early on, like, you know, because, you know, you have good partnerships and then you have partnerships that don't work out well. And we've been burned. Yeah, I, I know so when tough. we when we... It kind of freaked me out a little bit when we uh, were talking to you guys about actually taking over management some of your New Jersey properties. Um, Matt said like that you wanted to interview us. Yeah. And I was I was like <laughs> she wanted to interview us like hey we had known you guys for a while right, <laughs> right, right, right. and then number two just very weird for basically two spouses to want right. separate interviews and I was I was way more nervous <laughs> about your interviews I knew Matt better I was like what's she gonna ask us Nate and. Um, I thought that was great because I will say, you know, the stuff that you brought up was very different than what Matt brought up. Yeah. Um, one of these we were doing today was talking about personality indexes. Yeah. You had uh, both myself and my business partner take a personality index. I, Matt never even, I don't, right, think, right. I don't think he even knows how personality indexes work. Right. And, uh, um, but where I'm going with this is not, not so much the granularity. I mean, I think there's a lot of value in, in, in that specific case, but, but more the, man, I mean, if you have the ability to work with your spouse on investing, you kind of cover each other's blind spots a little yeah. bit, yeah. right? And look at things like, I mean, I, I know just, for example, you were bringing up, as we're talking about growing property management, that you wanted to see us bring on someone on our leadership team who had some formality in their personality mm-hmm. traits. Yeah. I mean, and A, you were right. We did that. But uh, not just that. I mean, there was no way Matt would have ever sure. thought of that, right? That right. wasn't even in his lexicon to even yeah. think about. Um and so to help make your partnerships better by having a spouse, I just, I really love that. And I, man, I hope our audience thinks about that, of, of maybe doing more with your spouse in investing and bringing them in, whether they know investing or even if they're not super in the weeds, you know. It's so connected though. Like you think about it and like, I don't know how, 
I don't know how you keep those things separate. I mean, it's not like Matt comes home and you're like, I had a good day at work. Like our work is our business, right? right. This is my kid's future, right? Yeah. So that's how we look at it. This is not like a, oh, you had a good clock in, clock out. I mean, this right. is, it all is all connected. People are like, oh, how do you separate? I'm like, it's really hard. So you right. better like what you do. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. we came up here, we had an event last night I spoke at, and then um, we're meeting with you guys. And then we're going to go enjoy the day. It's, and my kids are in the other room. Like, so it's all connected. Right. That's just how our life is. And I, I, I appreciate it. It does make it a little sometimes chaotic, but I appreciate the flexibility too. And I think that's, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, we're going up here as a family. Um, <laughs> okay, I got uh, one more kind of topic I want to talk about, and then we'll kind of end this. Um, so you run a podcast, uh, Invest Her, is mm-hmm. that right? Uh, I imagine it's mostly females. Yes. You interview, maybe all females. <laughs> all females. <laughs> okay. So I can't be on it, sorry. No. Um, but uh, talk me through what you have seen. So you've been investing for 15 years. Yeah. Uh, talk me through what you've seen, both what cha- what what changes you've seen in female investing yeah. over the last fifteen years. That's interesting. So I yeah, it's called the Real Estate Invest Her uh, podcast, and um, you know my my friend and partner at the time about three or four years ago, we started a women's mastermind. So we just said, hey, let's just you know let's do a, a mastermind together, and then we'd be talking, and we said, you know, you go to all these meetings, and they're great. But they're usually male dominated and they're yeah. male oriented and that's fine. But you, you know, I have never had a problem working with men. I've never been uncomfortable working with men. I've worked in corporate. I were a lot of my clients were men. Um, so it was not something that I was like, ah, I hate men, you know? <laughs> um, I love men. I think they're great, you know. But what ends up happening too on the investing side is that it's intimidating it, when you walk into a room and you're the only female. It can be very intimidating. And then as soon as you have to, oh, what do you own? I mean, you have to you have to tell them what you own or you're not going to be taken seriously, right? And that's okay. I mean, I can go head to head with people, but I don't normally, women don't want to start there. Women don't want to naturally tell you how many doors they have uh, when they first meet you because it's a little much where, where men might be like, this is what I own. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get a little bravado in there. Yeah. But so what I've seen difference is that what I've seen it, you know, I've never really noticed it, to be honest with you, because I was always treated very nicely. I never had these horrible experiences. Contractors, I have had some experiences where you do get talked down a little bit. Um, in the professional sense, no, I've never felt that way. But it, but it does become this, you know, as you see young, mo- especially because I'm a young mom, not young, I'm not young, but I have young kids, I should say, yeah. um, that you start to say, okay, I want flexibility. I've worked corporate. A lot of the women I talked to have said, I've had these really great high paying jobs, engineering, um, you know, really successful roles. Um, I traveled everywhere and I worked with leaders of companies and helping them with their teams. It was, it was an awesome job. It was amazing. But do I want to be doing that if I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old and I'm getting on an airplane? Right. And I had that conversation with my husband. I said, you're, going, you're, you're doing our real estate more than I am. I'm involved. I have this corporate work. Are you prepared to stay home with our kids as the full-time, like the full-time person? No, I'm not, Liz. Okay, I will do that. I'm happy to, but now we need to shift some things around. So you need to have those conversations. I know men who stay home with their kids. Yeah, It's not all women, but um, not a lot, but I do know a few. Um, but the things that have changed is that women want to be home. They want to be at the helm. They're at the helm of the home. They want to be there for their kids. And they, have to, they do have a need. We, our mission is financial freedom and, and living a balanced life. It's not like a lot of the women we connect with are women who just want to talk about their kids all day. I love my kids. I don't, I'll tell, tell you everything you want to know about them. But I like talking about finances. I like talking about real estate. I like talking about other things that get my mind going, yeah. right? And that's where we find a lot of women 
who are home or looking to transition, they want flexibility and real estate can give that to them. But it is intimidating, right? But have you, so, I mean, that, and then, by the way, totally makes a ton of sense. I think that is the future of where things are going. It's definitely breaking away from this, you know, the, 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 the wife in the household should just be watching the kids all day. Obviously, I think that has, has gone away. Um, but or anyway. it's like, cor- or you're working full time corporate and there's no flexibility, right? right? So that's that's the rub. But have you seen uh, over the last 15 years? Have you seen an increase in females investing in real estate? You know, I when when Andresa got and I got together and said, let's do a female oriented Zoom call, five women, because um, I've always been drawn to like supporting women in this business because yeah. it's not as easy. Yeah. Um, and we did that, and then we said. Wouldn't it be cool to interview women? Just just women. Yeah. Um, I had people tell me, that guy tell me that I we would run out of women to interview. There wouldn't be enough. I'm like, really? Are we we're almost on our hundredth episode. We have not had a problem interviewing women. So you, you not, have not run out of I have not run out of women. Together. So right. I don't know if you're listening, but we're good. We're good. <laughs> but I mean, so so and that was a year ago someone said that to me, right? This wasn't nineteen wow. fifty. That's crazy. So you know, the I don't look for discrepancies, but they're there. They happen, and and what we're trying to create. So to answer your question, I have seen it. I have seen more women getting involved in the business. It's not just due to what we're doing, but we're trying to create community. Women want community, so we're creating meetups around the country. We have twenty, and yeah. we have seven starting next in in, in twenty twenty, which is super cool. It's awesome. It's just to create that camaraderie. It's not about us better than them. It's not about that at all. Um, these are, if I'm right, these are basically free meetups. Yeah, people who just get together. I mean, I, I we're such a big believer in it. We had one of our leaders, you know, actually your meetup here, in, or your, your first one here yeah, in Lancaster, yeah, yeah, investor yeah. meetup. And we had one of our leaders, Kylie Go, last night. And I mean, she was texting me the whole time, like, this is awesome. I've made so many friends. Like, that's just great. And I think... Uh, if there's a safety in it, Chad. Yeah. It's not that we're going to try to teach pe- women or you got to learn this. This is the way women... I mean, women... Also, um, there's a trust factor. So women call like a foreign ad or they call that seller who's on the fence of selling. There's a trust factor. Yeah, You're yeah. initially going to, they're going to feel a little more like, I trust her. Yeah. And the guy yeah. calls me and it's like, ah. Oh. Yeah. So I, mean, I think, I mean, one thing I've found is that you got to have a ton of self-confidence when you're investing. And I don't care if you're a man, woman. Doesn't matter. I don't care the race. I don't care the religion. You got to have a lot of self-confidence. And when you're in a room and you're learning about investing and a lot of people don't look like you. I mean, I think naturally that is harder on your on your self confidence as opposed to when you walk in a room and everyone looks like you. It's like I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. No. So that's why we interview women. That's why we have women speak at these meetups. That, that there's something about that, right? Um, and I think it starts to have women. I had a woman yesterday. People come up to us and say, "Thank you for doing this. Just thank you," because awesome. it's it, it feels very reassuring, you know. So um, it's so it's be cool. a great feeling, right? It is a great uh, feeling, and I have to be very honest with you too. I felt very passionate about it and I'm really like I love doing it and I love having something to do beyond working with my husband because to what you were saying earlier it is so ingrained yeah, I, mean, I don't like working with your husband either you know <laughs> so if I have to go to the office with him every day I mean honestly shoot my brains out no offense I love him but that's too much time together yeah so he has he has his thing that he loves to do I am I'm really excited with with Andressa to grow invest her and what we're up to with this and we're trying to create some offerings and help women a little bit deeper with like a membership site I'm excited by that, and I and I love the fact that I can do something for just me as as Liz, right? Not as mom, not as wife, but just Liz. So yeah, I, I mean, think a lot of women do look for that, and that's why they want to invest in real estate too. 
It's awesome. Uh, it gets me so excited. I, uh, I mean, I, so I have a daughter, three and a half. Yeah. And uh, one of my goals is, I mean, I, 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 I get, I'd get, I would be more excited about her investing yeah. than probably my own investing, right? That's right. And so to see a community like that for her, I mean, so I'll just be honest. We had a meetup here last night. And let's see, we had 50 people. And I bet there was three women in yeah. the room, right? And man, it just, it, that's, I, I hope that by the time she's able to, you know, when she's 15, 20 and 25 and starting to think about investing, hopefully she can walk in a room and that doesn't exist. Right. Or she can go to a meetup of an investor meetup yeah. and, and have people yeah. that look like her. So. Hopefully, you know, that's, that's the goal, you know, and you see some of these women focused groups around the country and. Uh, e e network. There's a ton of them, entrepreneurial ones, and yeah. there's a lot of them. It's cool. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting kind of like movement, and I I think women appreciate it. And it, the ones that don't go to the meetups they want to go to, that's awesome. But yeah. we're speaking to the women that need it and appreciate it. So cool, good stuff, Liz. Thanks so much for joining Absolutely. us. Absolutely, uh, pleasure. Awesome hanging out. Thanks for what you're doing. Uh, how, how could people reach out? They want to get part of the investor sure. network or yeah. Uh, so we have a, a weekly podcast. Uh, it's called the Real Estate investher.com or that's the website and on there we have a link to our meetups we have a link to our uh, facebook community we have about two thousand women on a facebook community and we constantly get um i mean these are all been free resources and we have women like i would have never purchased my first rental if it wasn't for this group awesome. um so it's it's really cool uh, but yeah and you can get all that from our site but it's the real estate invest her her.com it's awesome when my daughter izzy when she's old enough will you you'll let her in to invest her absolutely all right, all right good stuff thanks for joining us liz and uh we'll catch you next time thanks for having me all right so that's our episode of real estate hackers thanks for joining us in your real estate investing journey we come out with fresh new episodes weekly. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you would, let your fellow investors know about us. Also, if you've ever hacked or found a unique solution to an issue in the real estate space, hit me up. We may even share your real estate hack on a future episode. Check out our site at realestatehackers.com, on Instagram, at realestatehackers, or email me directly at chad at realestatehackers.com. Real Estate Hackers is an on-air brands production. Huge thanks and shout out to Eric and the team at On Air Brands. Be sure to check them out at onairbrands.com. This is Chad Gallagher, your host of Real Estate Hackers. Hope to see you at our next meetup or live event. And who knows, you may even be the next guest hacker on our show. See you soon.